For the record, given the level of taxation we have now locally, statewide, and nationally, you can't be a conservative and be for higher taxes. Yet, at Lakota schools, behind all the reckless gossip of the superintendent's life that has spilled over into his professional capacity, the real story under the surface of the debate is that Lakota has wasted all its money that has been generously given by the community and that levy whores are already pushing for tax increases to be placed on a ballot, because they know it will take several attempts to pass, to wear down the voters, and the big government spenders behind the Lakota school system want their money. And they are remarkably willing to overlook any problem so they can get it, which is grossly apparent not just by the labor union elements but the disguised face of the Democrat Party, a Facebook group called Reno's for Lakota, conservatives. They are obviously not conservative, they are pro-big government schools, and they want the hired superintendent, no matter his personal flaws, to sell a levy to the public and push up the income extorted from the community even higher than it is now. The school board recklessly gave out raises to the teachers' union recently, and now they have to pay for it and are running out of money. So essentially, the next levy fight has already started, even if it's not formally on the ballot, and Lakota has been keeping Matt Miller around, hoping that he has some miracle rabbit tucked away to pull out so that the public would vote for it. The anger toward whistleblowers reporting real news on Matt Miller is the giveaway to the real motivations and the example of why vast evil is permitted in public schools. Because groups like the Renos for Lakota schools want the free babysitting, the hope that the school will be better parents for their kids than they are and that the school's reputation will keep pushing up their real estate values artificially, perpetually, they don't really care about the kids of the school, or what happens to them. They are like all liberals, they want what they want, and they'll run over anybody to get it. There are plenty of lawyers involved. They'd all like some easy money out of a school that allows administrators to create unsafe environments for children. Be careful what you wish for. Most of the assumptions that government school advocates utter, like the Renos for Lakota, are essentially old union talking points, like all public schools are the centerpiece of a community. If they go down, so will the community. Well, that's false, and it's time to call their bluff on that assumption. People move to a community for lots of reasons. Schools might be one of them, but those tend to be low-information, young neurotic parent types who eventually grow up anyway, often during election cycles. The unions have seized on this ignorance to exploit it for their own use, which is why we have our beliefs about public schools. But in truth, a good community full of good people is why a school district is successful. It's not because of what a school does that makes a community good. The school system is simply riding on the backs of success that comes with the parents. Parents who move to a district because of the perception of a good school are already putting the extra effort into their children that is conducive to good behavior, so naturally, one thing causes the effects of the next thing. But it's never the schools themselves that make something good. The belief that a school superintendent can make a good school is simply ridiculous. So is the notion that the teachers of Lakota are better than the teachers of Mason, or Monroe, or any place else. Lakota might be able to recruit good teachers for their first decade of service that might be better than other districts because of the nice roads, the great shopping, the wonderful restaurants, and other great things. But they are all unionized employees, and by the time they reach their shelf life after a decade or so of service, they start to become complicit slugs that aren't worth the money we spend on them. But when that belief system is jeopardized, you can see by some of these Facebook musings from the Renos of Lakota that they have bought the ruse hook, line, and sinker. They swallowed the union bait and have built their lives around the scam. And they hope for the protection of legalizations to maintain their vast illusion. 
When people come along who challenge their premise, they get angry because they fear that everything they have built their lives around is false. And they want to attack anybody who shakes their confidence in that system they want to believe so intensely because they are too lazy to let the facts guide their decisions. It's interesting to consider that just in April of 2022, the school board, led by many of these Renos for Lakota, wanted to get rid of Darby Body because if she stayed on the board, Matt Miller might leave for another district. Now, because they have seen Matt Miller's police report, most everyone would gladly keep Darby and say bye-bye to Matt. Yet, the Renos for Lakota aren't mad at Matt, they are upset that anybody exposed Matt for who he really was. We went from complete illusion in April to an overdose of reality by September. And if the world were run by people like the Kool-Aid drinkers of Renos for Lakota, we would never know what kind of activity these public school administrators were up to because the school itself, with the help of the board, would simply cover it up. My suggestion would be to call the public education bluff and terminate the superintendent on grounds based on his behavior. There are plenty of opportunities in his contract to release him based on his personal behavior that has impacted his public role as a hired administrator. But the main concern for Lakota, the teachers' union, and groups like these Renos for Lakota is for the passage of another levy. They know they need the money, and they are hoping they can sit on this story and push it under the rug, then parade Matt around to high school football games like he's Elvis and appeal to the young moms who are voters and might vote for a tax increase because they find him appealing. They aren't selling facts but purely imaginary hopes and dreams with no basis in reality. They hope to control the narrative with rules and procedures that protect them from whistleblower judgment, and when that fails to protect their intentions, they get upset and scream to the gods of legalism for more power to shut down the voices that would tell them the truth. Because they don't want to hear it. But regardless of their wishes, many people spend money on Lakota schools, and they are in the vast minority. Vanessa Wells only lost in her election because she made an ethical decision not to carry the Republican nomination. If she had kept it, she would have easily beaten anybody on the current school board. And that is a lesson for the next time around. But, if she had been elected to the board, she would not have had the freedom to act as a conduit of valuable information as she is now. And we likely wouldn't know what we do. And Lakota is far better off knowing the condition of its employees than in not. Because if it really wants to get better, as a district, it will correct the bad things so people can believe in it beyond just mindless lip service from people too lazy to consider the truth. Rich Hoffman Click to buy the Gunfighter's Guide to Business.